This is HPR episode 2966 for Monday, the 16th of December 2019. Today's show is entitled World of Commodore 2019 Episode 1 The Interviews and is part of the series Hobby Electronics. It is the first show by new host Paul Quirk and is about 20 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is In this first episode, I interview exhibitors and members at the World of Commodore in 2019. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. people of Hacker Public Radio. My name is Paul Quirk, and this is my first ever podcast. I would like to give credit to Klaatu of GNU World Order for making me aware of Hacker Public Radio, which I've been a listener of for the past year. As we near the holiday season of the winter solstice, I decided to give back to the open source community with this gift of a mini-series of podcasts about the world of Commodore from December 7th, 2019. Now, the World of Commodore is an annual computer expo dedicated to Commodore computers that is normally held on the first Saturday of December in the city of Mississauga, Ontario. It started off back in 1983 by Commodore Canada as a trade show where Commodore and related vendors could showcase their latest products for the holiday season. As a Commodore computer nerd kid of the 1980s living within an hour's drive of Mississauga, This was an event I always look forward to with excitement. For me, this was bigger than Santa Claus. Commodore went bankrupt in 1994, but a decade later, the show was revived by the Toronto Pet Users Group, or TPUG, one of the world's oldest computer user groups of which I am a member. Today, World of Commodore is very different from the expos of the 1980s, and has transformed into an event where hackers from around the world gather to share ideas and show off their own discoveries and products, both open source and commercial. Since many listeners and contributors of Hacker Public Radio got started with a Commodore computer at some time, and since this event has grown beyond Commodore products and into open source hardware and software, I thought this would be of great interest to this community and it is my hope that many of you listeners might join us at next year's World of Commodore. I have decided to create a mini-series of podcasts of this event, which I will release on a weekly schedule. In this first episode, I walk around the trade show floor and interview various exhibitors, vendors, and members of TPUG. As there is a visual element to this podcast, I have posted pictures of the exhibits in my personal non-commercial blog at peakwork.com, which I encourage you to visit in order to get the full experience. And so, with no further ado, let's all go to the wonderful world of Commodore. Okay, so I'm here with my son, Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. (laughs) And uh, we're here in the lobby at the Admiral Inn, 
and uh, for World of Commodore. We're about five minutes before the show starts, and uh, there's quite a group here that's uh, building up. There's a, at least two dozen people uh, waiting here in the lobby, and I, I believe that they'll expect that there will be more through the day. And uh, there's two options here. Uh, you can prepay online, uh, which is what we did, and then they have your tag uh, made up for you. Or you can just come on the day of and, and pay here, and then they, uh, they'll, they'll give you a blank tag that you can write your own name on. So, again, it was five minutes, four minutes to go before they let us in, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a really good show this year. I agree. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm here with uh, Eric Jesus Kudzin, and uh, he has an interesting table here. He has a uh, Zenith portable TV. Um, he's got a display here on American cheese and a few un other interesting things here. I'm going to let Eric uh, tell us about what he has here on display. Um, okay, so um, I have uh, a little display here. Um, I brought some American cheese because I found out that some Canadians are not familiar with what American cheese is. And it's like a delicacy in the States. Um, and so I brought free samples for people to try. I also have my demo of a uh, uh, 1985 uh, black and white Zenith uh, tube television portable uh, that I put a Raspberry Pi in, and um, it it boots. And um, uh, spent some time on it. So right, that's really cool. All right, and um, I'm going to put some pictures of uh, these in the uh, in the show notes, uh, so uh, links to the pictures, uh, so that uh, you can uh, have a look at this display. It's pretty cool. Uh, thanks, Eric. Oh, thank you too. Okay, so uh, I'm at the next table over here with uh, Jim Happel, and uh, he has a uh, VR64 display. And I'm going to pass it over to Jim here, and he's going to tell us all about his uh, his display. Hi. Um, so the VR64 is a project I did, and it uh, was an attempt to create virtual reality goggles for the Commodore 64. And uh, what I did is I actually bought a cheap off-the-shelf uh, VR goggles that you're supposed to put your phone in. And I put a 5-inch LCD in there, and it's driven by composite, so it can be driven right off these old computers. And then I coded this game, which actually draws two screens with the uh, skewed effect, so you actually get the 3D effect in the goggles. So um, it's, I think it's definitely the first VR goggles for the Commodore 64. Yeah, it's the first one I've seen. It's, uh, that looks really cool. I'm going to take a picture of this, and I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And, okay. Uh, okay, thank you. That's really cool. Thank you, Jim. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, as we're making our rounds here at World of Commodore, I'm here with Josh, and uh, he has some uh, something interesting here, some 3D printed cookie cutters, and uh, he has a website here I'm going to share with you right now. It's uh, www.signalsfromspace.ca, and uh, I'm going to pass this over to Josh and let him tell you all about it. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, my name is Josh Richmond, and I uh, started making 3D printed cookie cutters. Originally, I wanted to make cookie schematics, so I'm an engineer, and I like to make cookies, and I thought I'd put those two things together, uh, and I designed cookie cutters shaped as schematic symbols. 
Uh, I've recently decided to expand that into an 8-bit catalog of cookie cutters. So I've got Commodore ones, Atari ones, uh, classic video games like Space Invaders and Tetris, uh, as well as some space-themed ones like that celebrate the Apollo moon landing. Uh, as Paul mentioned, you can check it out at signalsfromspace.ca. Thanks. Okay, so now I've uh, moved on to uh, another table here. I'm uh, sitting here with Vince Giannini, and uh, he has an SX64 here and a VIC-20 connected to a LCD uh, monitor. I'm going to pass this over to Vince and uh, let him tell you about his uh, experience. Hi, thanks so much. Um, it's so great to be here in 2019 and uh, experience this fellowship with computers that are like, you know, 30, 40 years old. Um, there's, uh, you know, so many people having fun enjoying this uh, retro uh, equipment. Uh, I have very fond memories of Commodore. Uh, obviously, it was my introduction to computers way back when. Uh, when we visited my local college to see the first pets that were coming out and it was just amazing when they lifted you know the case of the pet up and put propped up the bar just like the hood of a car and I looked inside and you saw all that electronic circuitry and a ton of air it was you know that's it makes that distinctive sound when you hit the keyboard because there's so much air inside but they're built like tanks they're still running today uh, my favorite computer of all time has to be the Amiga though um, you know, I really wish something in this day and age would come out uh, with the same uh, level of advancement as the Amiga did back in 1985, because it was just miles and miles ahead of the competition. And when I turned on that Amiga uh, back in the day, I knew I had something really special on my desktop. Um, so it's just been a blast, and I'm just very happy to participate in uh, World of Commodore um, to, you know, relive the 80s because I'm stuck in the 80s. Yeah, we, a lot of us are. Thank yeah. you. Thank okay, you. Okay, sure. Okay, so as, as we're moving through the show here, I am here now with uh, Jeremy, and I'm going to pass this over to him, and he's going to explain to us what he has at his vendor table. Hi. So I'm the owner of uh, Double Sided Games. We, well, I publish. <laughs> I'm the only one. Uh, I publish new games for retro computers. Uh, for now, uh, there was uh, games published for the VIC-20, the C64, and now the Amiga, uh, since the beginning of December. Uh, most of the games are based on action or puzzle games, but the brand new game we have for the Amiga is a dungeon crawler, uh, sci-fi dungeon crawler, uh, which is big enough to fit on six, six discs, so it's a big game. Um, it was made by Sean Waters, and... Uh, it took quite some time, uh, about a year, to make the game. We also have an RPG, uh, the biggest, I think, really, honestly, the biggest game ever written for the VIC-20, Realms of Quest V. It's a computer RPG, typical, like, an Ultima game, or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, about 100 hours to finish it, so it's a wow. huge game. Um, all the boxes, all the games usually come with uh, goodies inside, so, for example, Realms of Quest uh, comes with a cloth map, um, some goodies inside uh, and we have actually officially four more games to come in 2020 but uh, it's more around six to seven on the 2021 you know lifespan I would say so plenty of games coming up and uh, maybe an Atari ST game and I'm also aiming since I'm from France <laughs> 
I'm aiming for European computers too, so the Amstrad, the Sinclair Spectrum, and other stuff like that. All right. So that's the goal: try to make new games for all those new old computers that we love. Right. And have good productions. I'm really aiming for quality. I'm not. Uh, I'm trying. So, and the goal, the ultimate goal, was to have everything boxed like back in the days. And also made sure that all the games will use the same box size so it looks good on the shelf. <laughs> Because right, I'm right. a collector myself, so yeah. I like things to be tidy and neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a website that you want to Yes, I do. So the website is doublesidedgames.com. Uh, it's a shop. It's also the, where, the place where you would get the news and everything. But I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, so you can follow anywhere if you want to see the, the latest news. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm here at, uh, at another table as I uh, make my way through the uh, world of Commodore this year. And I'm here talking to uh, Justice. And I'll hand it over to him, and he's going to tell us about uh, what he has here today. All right, thanks very much, Paul. Uh, I, this is my first year as a vendor and exhibitor at uh, World of Commodore. And I decided to bring a uh, Super Pet 9000 which is the uh, University of Waterloo uh, version of the PET. Uh, I have a couple of uh, C64 systems, 128, Amiga 500, um, for sale, a few odds and ends here and there. Um, but mostly it's for the conversation. Uh, you know, whether I sell anything or not is not really the, not really the big thing here. It's uh, to meet the other people that are uh, enthusiastic about the Commodores. Yeah. Yep. And... Uh I found uh, you're, you're uh, kind of into the Super Mario Brothers, the 2019, right? You were talking about how uh, Nintendo was, uh, I guess, trying to eliminate that, and I guess somehow it's still kind of kicking around, eh? I, I don't know how that's happening. Yeah, it, it's um, a guy by the name of uh, Zero Page, uh, developed it over many, many, many years, and finally came out with it in 2019, and Nintendo got wind of it and cease and desist, wipe the internet uh, clean of uh, any, any possible uh, version of, of his uh, software. But the internet being the internet, it's still out there, and uh, it's, a, it's an excellent port of Mario Brothers for the Commodore 64, and people are really enjoying it here on display. That's cool. All right, well, thank you for your time. All right, thanks a lot, Paul. All right, so right here in the middle of World of Commodore, uh, this man is here every year, right in the middle of the show. His name's uh, Joseph Palumbo, and he has a lot of neat stuff here for sale. Um, I try to buy something off of him every time I come here. Uh, if you're looking for uh, shrink-wrap boxes of, of games or, or manuals from, from decades ago, he's got it. I'm going to pass this over to Joe and uh, let him uh, explain everything. How are you doing today? Um, well, I basically specialize in new and used uh, C64, 128 software, hardware, uh, books, peripherals. Uh, fairly cheap. Um, basically, diskettes are like three bucks a piece. If I find a manual, it's four dollars. If I find a box, it's five dollars. Um, very, very simple pricing. Um, same thing with the Amiga. It's another dollar or two. But I got all kinds of stuff. Magazines. You name it, if I don't have it, I'll find it. Um, yeah, I, I own the Super Snapshots, which I which I still currently make, which was a fancy cartridge that does, well, it's a hacker's utility dream, right? Um, 
and then there's cables and diskettes. Jiffy DOS, things like that. Yes, I, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of your Jiffy DOS, Joe. Uh, that's good, yeah. yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically a speed-up chip for, for the 64. Right. That doesn't do any screen blanking or anything like the uh, cartridges would. No. Right. And do you have a website? Yes. Well, I had a website. It was jppbm at Roger, or jppbm.com. We were changing ISPs, and somebody bought the name. Oh, no. So, so now we're looking at changing it to maybe a .org or .ca or seeing if I can buy it back. Well, it, it's, it's in limbo right now. I'll keep in touch with you then, and we'll uh, put it in the show notes when we find out what the new website is. But you can still email me at jppbm at rogers.com. All right, jppbm, jp, uh, papa, bravo. Yeah, it's, it's Joe Palumbo, products by mail. All right. At rogers.com. Thanks, Joe. It's good seeing you again. Okay, so uh, I'm wandering the floor here at uh, World of Commodore, and I ran into uh, Ben. Ben uh, K-Fitz. So I'm going to pass this over to him and uh, let him have a few words. So hey there, I'm here at World of Commodore. I've got a booth set up here as an exhibitor, not as a uh, vendor. I'm not really selling anything. so, uh, yeah, I actually worked at Commodore when I was in high school through co-op education um, and uh, did quite a bit of work with Commodore computers in a retail store as well back then. And I'm here at Commodore just because, uh, I guess really for nostalgic reasons, I've got a collection as, uh, well, you can't see, but uh, in front of me I've got a 1978 Commodore PET 4016. I've got a silver label Commodore 64, if anybody knows what that is, it's one of the earliest generations Commodore 64. I've got uh, some other stuff set up here, and truthfully, my life is so busy these days. With I got a couple of little kids, that I took the book the entire day off my life today for the purpose of bringing stuff that I've been meaning to look at and fix and test for for a year or more. Like this double, I've got a I've got a CBM uh, 8050 double drive here that I got almost a year ago and haven't even plugged it in, and it may not have been plugged in in 20 years, but we just tested it and it works. So I'm here amongst people that are familiar with this stuff. Some people have knowledge that I don't have in certain areas, and uh, for me, it's just about sort of a little bit of a community thing and um, you know personal interest, nostalgic, and uh, it's interesting to me. So yeah, that's why I'm here. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, so uh, coming into the uh, world of Commodore this year, we have Stuart Russell, who was working the table, and he's also involved in some other things, and uh, I'm just going to turn the mic over to uh, Stuart here and uh, let him have a few words on the podcast. Sure. Hi, thanks. Um, So we have a big show today. It's our 40th anniversary as a club. It's the 15th anniversary of us running World of Commodore as our own group. World of Commodore has been going for many years, but uh, it hasn't been run by TPUG all this time. So it's a great meetup for retro computer users of all types, not just Commodore users, and so everyone is represented here. People are buying and selling and fixing and playing games and learning about new operating systems for the Commodores, and it's a really big thing. And people have come from all over North America just to this little hotel in Mississauga because it's World of Commodore. So it's a really big event and really fun. What I really should also talk about is, uh, since this is an open source podcast, I do open source assisted technology. I work for a group called Makers Making Change. We do 3D 
printed assistive technology to help people with disabilities. So things like a key turner, so it helps someone who grip a key if they have arthritis. All of our designs are available to download. All of our designs are open source on our website, makersmakingchange.com. And I'm the regional coordinator. I run all of Ontario. And uh, we have some great devices. We've had support from large organizations like the Google Foundation and uh, TELUS. And we're actually able to give away some of our more advanced devices because of this support. So everything we do is open source. Our main designs are on GitHub, so you can fork them, change them, do what you want. But everything we do is tested and there to be useful and used. So thanks very much. All right, thank you. I really liked uh, hearing from you. Thank you. So that's all I have for interviews from the exhibitor floor at World of Commodore this year. Unfortunately, I was not able to interview every exhibitor, but I think this will give you a pretty good idea about the variety of people you can expect to meet at a World of Commodore, and hopefully you have found something that interests you from this episode. In the next episode, you can look forward to listening to Glenn Homer tell us his experience in hacking Gek OS. Until then, drive safely and make sure to have fun. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.